This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. You're listening to episode number 36. When I was 16 years old, I started getting these shooting pains down my legs. And I was an athlete, and I was in really good shape and all that jazz. I was playing basketball and soccer, and I had these intense pains down my legs. And I went to physical therapy for a while, for about a month, and there was no change. I was in a lot of pain. And then my brother came home from (laughs) chiropractic college. He was going to school for his doctorate in chiropractic care. And he was like, what are you doing? Obviously, everything is connected to your spine if your legs are in pain, have you seen a chiropractor? And I was like, nope, never even crossed my mind. Within three visits, I had no pain and it was amazing. And now I use it preventatively and I can actually tell like if I have, if it's been a while, every time we've moved and I'm like searching to find a new chiropractor, all that jazz, or if I choose to skip that month or whatever, I feel it. I throw kids on my hip. I get down and I'm playing with kids. I'm picking kids up, all that jazz. Uh, My husband is not picking up kids, but he's sitting at a computer all day in the same position. Even though he runs and works out, his body's in that same position with his hand on a mouse all day long. And so he uses it preventatively too. We each go once a month. Then I started to see how it affected kids because they can't tell us, oh, my legs hurt. And so it would be different, right? I started to see how it affected their sensory system. I started to see how it affected their ability to feed, to breastfeed, to latch, hip alignment when it came to crawling or to walking. I started to see how it affected ear infections. And my mind was blown. I hadn't thought about it for kids. And then I started to see how amazing it could be for tiny humans. And it made sense. I mean, it had saved my life and my ability to function. And everything comes back to your spine. 
I think oftentimes when we think of chiropractic care, we think of it as like this large cracking thing and it seems so intense and scary. I got to hang out with Stacy, Dr. Stacy. She's a chiropractor and a mama and she has been adjusting her tiny human or has he has been getting adjusted at least since he was fresh out of the womb and I have seen now countless humans in my villages get adjusted from infancy on and the amazing benefits of it. So today Stacy and I are diving into what chiropractic can do and what it doesn't do as well as what it really looks like with tiny humans. What's the point? How do you even get a kid to lay on a table? All that jazz. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts after. Please screenshot this if you're listening and share it over on social media, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram and tag seed and sew, seed.and.sew, S-E-W. I would love to hear from you and see where you're tuning in from. Share your thoughts so we can keep this conversation going. Also, could you do me a little favor? I know, I know. I just asked you to screenshot this and share it. That's just so that I can keep hanging out with you. If you're digging this podcast, could you share it with a friend today? Just one friend. Shoot them a text. Let them know. Talk to somebody at work. Let them know about it. Because I think together, if we all collaborate on this, we can build this modern parenting village where we get to combine experts in the field of early childhood with parents in the trenches. And I think together we can raise emotionally intelligent humans. But I need your help. I need your help in spreading the word. So could you just share it with one friend today? A little bit goes a long way. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your help. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey everyone, welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today I'm here with a chiropractor friend, Stacy. Hey Stace. Hey there. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your background and all that jazz? So I graduated chiropractic college in 2008 um, and I um, had my first job in, in West Hartford, Connecticut. I um, worked at a family practice that worked a lot with um, women, infants, children's families. Um, and I had taken a couple of classes in school that were directed toward pediatrics. Um, and I, I mean, I always loved kids. So I've always, um, you know, originally I was going to be a pediatric dentist and that turned into a pediatric chiro. Um, but, um, so I've always had an, an interest in working with children. And then when my first practice, I, I saw, um, you know, what it was like to actually work with them in practice uh, that, you know, it furthered my interest and um, my next practice that we worked for um, was in Falls Church, Virginia, which was a very similar practice. I worked with women, uh, prenatal, 
uh, certified in Webster technique, um, which is, you know, working uh, with pregnant women uh, to make sure that, you know, birth goes well and um, development of baby goes well, and then working with the babies, you know, as soon as they're born. So um, I've been pretty much doing that ever since and, you know, loving it. Yeah, and you guys are now in Mass, is that right? Yep. We're in Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, <clears throat> uh, we have a pretty uh, general practice, um, but I do work uh, still. I work with a lot of the women, um, babies, children, um, you know, and the women before and after birth. Awesome. Uh, let's break it down to the basics here. I, you know, I know you because my brother went to chiropractic college as well with you, but prior to Brian, my brother, I wouldn't have known what chiropractic care really encompassed and, and what it was. In fact, I had, I was injured in playing basketball in high school and I was going to see a PT and I'd been going for like two weeks and uh, there was no change. I wasn't getting better, nothing. I was, I was in a lot of pain. And Brian was in maybe his first year of chiropractic college and came home and saw me and was like, what are you doing? Don't you know what I'm going to school for? You need to see a chiropractor. And I started seeing one and I've never stopped because it, it was a game changer for me. Um, so can we break it down to like, what is chiropractor? Sure, absolutely. And most stories I hear from people are are very similar that they have been everywhere else and seen everyone else and <laughs> never wanted or or even thought of chiropractic for what they um whatever their problem was or is and you know we were kind of like the last ditch effort before uh you know they thought they were you know gonna need surgery or whatever the case but um essentially um we are uh, physicians that diagnose and treat musculoskeletal conditions. Um, and just to make that easy, low, low back pain, neck pain, um, or the nervous system, but essentially musculoskeletal. So we check for imbalances in the muscles, um, the joints, um, and then address them however um, need be, whether that is with adjustments or um, with specific muscle work, exercises, um, it's kind of all-encompassing, but, you know, whatever, we feel every patient's a little bit different, but we um, assess the issue and um, address it from there. That's awesome. So what exactly, like, what do you do? What are you doing for those of us who might not know what muscular skeletal issues would be? Like, what, what are you doing? Um, I'm looking at your range of motion. I'm looking at the tone of your muscle. I'm looking at, um, you know, the, the joint play, um, you know, feeling each joint. Um, we spend a lot of time in school just playing with each other's uh, lower back, cervical spine, and getting what a, we call a feel for what the joints are supposed to feel like um, and what, um, you know, what muscles are supposed to feel like. and. Uh, when they aren't moving properly, um, we look at a, a lot of movement, um, like I said, in the range of motion, and we break it down, you know, each, you know, whether it's the elbow or the knee or um, biomechanically, there is a way we're supposed to move. Um, and uh, if we're not moving properly, then that can affect a lot of other things. 
Yeah, that makes fix that movement so that it doesn't affect other majors. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I guess along those lines, uh, one of the questions that I got was what is the role in daily function and health? Like how does this play into your daily function and health? Sure. Um, uh, in so many different ways. Um, but I'm, movement is life. And that is one of our you know, biggest mottos, I guess, is if you're not moving, you're dying. Um, and if you're not moving properly, then, um, you know, that's going to make that process a little, a little faster. So um, we're trying to make sure that you're moving properly so that um, you're not going to run into things like lower back pain, uh, neck pain, knee pain, foot pain, um, or anything that's going to limit your movement, you know, whether you exercise or um, sit at a desk all day or work with kids or, um, you know, anything from physical to not physical, um, you still need to be moving properly, sitting properly, um, and the better job we can do at making sure you're doing that, the longer you can do what it is you love, um, you know, and keep loving it. Yeah, that's huge. I, I know, like, personally, I throw babies on my hip all the time. Babies, toddlers really <laughs> arrange there. And my go-to hip is my left side. Like you don't even think about it, right? Like it's just where they go. And it, I can throw a kid on both sides. I would, I almost never, unless I would for some reason need my left hand, almost never automatically throw them on my right side. And my chiropractor was essentially like, you gotta, or we have to like work on some other things here, um, which makes sense, right? Like, of course, I can't just chuck them on my hip and expect to be balanced. Um, I think one thing for me that I didn't connect, like when Brian came home that day and was like, what are you doing? For me, I was like, well, I have leg pain. And in my mind, like a chiropractor works on your spine and that was neck and back. And so I guess what I've learned now, like now, even if I, have, I will, my arms will start to get like tingly in my fingers as well. If I haven't been adjusted in too long and I've been throwing kids on that hip and I didn't know that that would be related to the back and until Brian. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I, I say to my moms and kids, the knee bone's connected to the foot bone, right? <laughs> so, um, if your foot hurts, it is likely coming from somewhere above the chain or something that we're doing wrong. Um, you know, it, kids, depending on where they are, if they're just starting walking and they're falling a lot, then, you know, they could have a hip that turns out or, um, you know, from little falls here and there for births, you know, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into that, but, um, you know, same thing with us. Uh, you know, if you throw babies, if your mom, you throw babies on one hip, then you know, eventually you're going to have hip pain, maybe knee pain, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, what, uh, how, I remember reaching out to you, I think I'd seen a post at some point you did about like ear infections and um, just the connection that this can have. So this is obviously a hot topic. I know so many kids just get like ear infection after ear infection. How can ChiroCare play a role in things like that? Um, this is probably, um, the biggest question that I get because people hear it and they're like, how can that even have anything to do with it? Um, and it's actually probably one of the things that I've seen we're most effective at, um, with kids. Um, and simply down to the basics, it's, it, it's the anatomy. Um, uh, and when you are an infant, 
um, your um, eustachian tubes or your your ear canals are more parallel to the floor um, so they don't make an angle and what can happen is is when you have upper cervical misalignment subluxation, whatever you want to call it when there's something going on in, in the neck um, or tight muscles um, could be from birth could be from a fall there's many different ways that we can have that trauma occur um, but when there's something going on in the upper cervical spine it can cause fluid to build up in those canals and it's not going to drain as well um, because as we grow those canals start to angle down and that's why you don't see as many adults that get as many ear infections because our drainage system is better um, and when you know we're infants we don't have that luxury <laughs> of having um, the angle and it's easier for them to get clogged up and for infections to happen in there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for me, Labine, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash voices. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Uh -huh. So when, when they say like we're getting tubes put in, what are they doing? Just out of curiosity for me, like how is that affecting? Yeah, so they're actually putting holes in the eardrum and putting tubes in there so that they drain. Uh -huh. But um, you will find a lot of times that this doesn't necessarily change. Yeah, how many that years? Not always a long-term fix. It's not. But that is also to um, because not only do we address the um, ear infections with adjustments and muscle work, but also we also like to look at diet and things like that for highly inflammatory. If there's a lot of mucus buildup. Right. Uh -huh. So, you know, there's a lot of things we can change one thing, but you have to look at the difference. Yeah. That's actually something like, I guess, across the board in every profession, like not all chiros are created equally. Like I, yeah. I have, every time we've moved, I found a, a chiropractor wherever we are. And 
I've been to some people where I'd show up and they'd adjust me and that was it. And they'd send me on their way. And then I would find a new one because I have also worked with folks who would look at my entire lifestyle and say like, okay, if this is a reoccurring thing, what, what can we tweak here? Um, so I think that's a good thing to note, but uh, so if you're working with kids, I think there's a lot of fear around this, uh, which makes sense. A lot of people don't like the cracking sound or are afraid of manipulating the spine, which makes sense, right? Um, I think most of the time we hear about anything spine related, it's not great. And I think there's a, just a lot of built up fear there. So can you explain like what it looks like to actually treat tiny humans, like what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for anyone, I don't necessarily adjust everyone. Um, so if there's people that don't enjoy um, the cracking or the popping sound, um, there are different ways to have that result. It might take a little longer, it might be a little different, but um, it doesn't necessarily involve that cracking sound, especially with little ones. Um, so up until um, I had my son, the earliest I had ever done any adjusting um, was three days old. Um, and it wouldn't look at all the same as what I would do to you, um, or any other adult or even toddler, because I started adjusting toddlers, but, um, it's really more about, um, just feeling vibration. Um, the best term that I like to use is they're, they're malleable. They're, you know, there's, there are a lot of cartilage, they're gushy gushy, you know, they're really, um, they're easy to manipulate. Um, and they're my favorite because they respond so quickly. Um, but it is literally just me um, holding baby, um, or baby's more comfortable on mom's chest, or um, you know, however we find out. We have to work. Everyone's different, right? So some like to be on the table, some like to be on mom, some like to be with me, um, and we just work with whatever situation works for baby. Um, very, very gentle. Um, and I'm just using my hands, maybe some like vibration, maybe some range of motion, um, and just kind of holding in one spot and trying to feel, you know, whatever areas are restricted, released, um, and then recheck and see how baby responds from there. Awesome. And then like how, how does that evolve over time? Like you said, you're adjusting toddlers. First of all, how do you get a toddler to like <laughs> lay there uh, <laughs> uh, to be able to do this? Um, it's interesting. It depends on when they start. So if they start as toddlers, it's it's more like I run around with them and, and figure out when I can, you know, um, wrestle them to the ground and, <laughs> and you know, do what I've got to do. Or sometimes mom will talk to them and be like, okay, and, you know, we'll give them their favorite toy or, um, you know, sometimes mom nurses, um, sometimes, again, mom will just lay there with them. Um, but sometimes we get up on the table and they jump off and as they're jumping, I adjust their thoracic spine. Um, <laughs> but for someone who my like my little one or ones that I've seen since they were babies, they walk into my office and they get up on the table and lay face down and they go for it, Dr. Stacy, uh, adjust away. So um, I probably started manually adjusting, getting that popping and cracking with, um, with as soon as they're comfortable, but probably around, you know, eight months to a year um, as they start to be a little more relaxed and, uh, you know, they can move on their own. But 
just my fingers up until then. How soon after giving birth was your little dude adjusted? Um, probably hours. Wow. Like yeah, as soon as I, you know, as soon as we kind of got over the whole, uh, I just gave birth thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a boy and, um, you know, when I'm trying to get him to nurse and, and all of that stuff, um, it's important to help him latch and to help him, um, because we say the, the first, uh, subluxation is usually birth. Um, and Makes sense. Not a very cozy way to enter the world. It isn't. Uh, you know, and especially most modern um, situations, um, even the most natural of births are still in some sort of way not as natural as, as they could be or as they used to be. So um, there's a lot of times some sort of trauma to the baby. And I don't use trauma as a bad necessarily a bad thing but you know they you know came out a little crooked or you know we had to twist them a little or um, and that on a very new little spine can can cause subluxation or misalignment so it's always important and we check them as soon as we can um, how does it you mentioned latch how how does it play into latch and breastfeeding um so again all those um, upper cervical musculature the muscles in the tongue and uh, they are all, the jaw, um, they're all interconnected. Um, and if there's upper cervical subluxation, then you can have you know, problems with them opening their mouth or they're not comfortable from one laying on one side to the other. If you can think of how you felt when you kind of woke up with a stiff neck mm, at some mm -hmm. point, right? So if baby comes out like that and you're trying to nurse on right and they're not having it, um, we think that, oh, something's wrong with the right, or, um, but sometimes it's just not happy there. And the only way for them to respond and let you know that is to cry um, or to not latch and to prefer one side over the other. Um, so that's always something we check out for latch. How often would you adjust tiny humans and adults if it's just, um, like routine care, right? Like if you're not coming in with an injury, but I think a bit like the dentist where I want to keep going to a chiropractor so that I'm not just going in with a cavity sort of thing. Um, how often would you adjust adults and kids? Um, everyone is very different. Um, but for kids, especially as they're growing, they're toddlers learning to walk, they're, you know, walking into walls, falling, uh, you know, so I, how many times I have to like shake my head as, you know, Chase just turns really quickly and runs into a corner right. <laughs> and then falls on his bum. So I would say typically with I don't go more than like six weeks or so. Um, if they're just on a routine, trying to, you know, keep up with that, you know, overall spinal health and symmetry, but typically every month or so, unless again, there's something going on. If it's something like ear infections or something like that would be more. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've done once a month and I, it seems to work for me. I wasn't sure if that was the norm. Uh, also, I, when you were talking about uh, your little dude just climbing up onto the table. My nieces and nephews, my niece and nephew have been adjusted uh, their whole lives as well. And it's the same thing. Emerson will even go in and ask for it. And she's like, daddy, more, more. Yeah. She loves it. it um, and, 
we actually the other day he got up on the on the table and he put his face down and I thought he was just showing off to one of the other kids that was in the office like look I can climb on the table but he actually like put his head up and looked at me and then he put his hand on his back and where mm -hmm. it's not you know he's not even two yet he's not totally verbal he like knew he was like all right mom come adjust me now right that's adorable that's awesome um how so I've seen it also play into both walking and or or crawling like if kids aren't moving in we have a lot of kids who will start to like army crawl or figure out another way to move and I don't really care how people crawl or how people walk it it, it doesn't matter to me what I do care about is that kids bodies are able to do what they're designed to do right so when I'm looking at in infants and toddlers is, are there any roadblocks stopping you from going through what your body should naturally be able to do? Because maybe they will then come out down the road as other roadblocks for other things. And um, mostly what I look at is the sensory system, which play is chiro care plays a big role here in the sensory system in that if your body's not communicating with each other, your muscle groups are not communicating with each other, then you might see a kid like scooting or army crawling because their muscles are literally not telling each other how to work together, right? Like, so at what point would you start seeing tiny humans, not just as a routine like thing, but as a, hey, maybe we can be working on something here. This might not be firing the way that we want it to. Yeah. Um well, I start teaching parents how to um, massage and mm -hmm. work with the baby's muscles bilaterally from the get-go because um, I think it's so important mm -hmm. um, because even just sometimes simple touch can help us activate different muscles. Um, you know, I guess one thing is like I can move my ears when my sunglasses are on because I can feel something there and but if there's nothing touching that muscle, I can't connect my brain to it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we just need that, um, that cue. Um, and that especially starts when we're little, that's why holding and love, like being held and, um, you know, touching babies is so important because that's how they learn about themselves, their muscles and, and feeling and all of that. So, um, I start from the get go and teaching moms, you know, um, and dads, sisters and brothers, um, you know, when they're taking tummy time, rub up and down their spine um, on each side, um, you know, rub their legs, rub their arms, rub their feet, and just bring awareness to all of those muscle groups. Um, and hopefully that brings them on, you know, the correct path. Um, and if someone comes in later and they're having issues with that, that's usually where we start with just saying, okay, what doesn't seem to be moving like the rest is, well, then we're gonna massage those muscles, bring awareness to that area for the baby. Um, uh, and make sure, okay, make sure all the joints are aligned and everything, but just really try and bring awareness as soon as possible, um, you know, so they can connect those areas with their brain. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I, I've learned so much about it from, from literally just like how we can touch babies' bodies to make their muscles turn online is so fascinating to me. Um, but another thing, so I, I think that tiny human development is based on this triangle. Um, and then if any of these are not firing correctly or together, then everything is thrown off. So in my triangle, I have uh, sensory development, um, emotional development and language development. And when they're 
real little infants, I'm really looking at the sensory system and how it's able, what their emotional regulation is in response to their sensory system. And then as they grow, if either of those are off, then we usually see language delays. Um, and so for me, I would love to learn like the connection ChiroCare has here with, so emotional regulation and the sensory system both come back obviously so much to the central nervous system and your ability to regulate. So can you speak at all to the role that ChiroCare plays in regulating the central nervous system? Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Uh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, but like I said, it's, um, you know, when we are working with the muscles, we're working with the spine. Um, the spine is the home for the central nervous system. It's the protection. It's, you know, um, so as long as we're making sure that everything's properly moving, um, you know, trying to avoid inflammation, um, you know, as little blood supply there is to keep, you know, blood supply, things like that, um, then we're making sure that everything's talking to each other properly. Because essentially what the nervous system does is coordinating all of the other systems together, right? So your brain's telling your, you know, um, your hormones to release. It's, you know, telling your heart to beat. It's telling all of these things how to live happily, um, right? So if that connection between one and the other isn't... Um, proper for one reason or another, whether it's to muscle imbalance or, um, or some sort of inflammation, um, you know, or any misalignments, anything like that, 
Um, we're making sure that it's all moving properly and it's just one less thing. It's not the end all be all and it's probably not the only reason that those two systems, because like I said, triangle, everything um, you know, works together, but just making sure that it's one less thing that is going to block um, you know, them from happily living all together and, and working together. I love that. Thanks. That's where I see like the biggest challenges with our tiny humans. Any delays, um, unless there's like a, a, a greater challenge, a lot of the delays that I've seen are coming back to the sensory system. Um, central nervous system plays such a huge role there. And when I, from a sleep consulting perspective, I will get a lot of kids who only, I'm currently sitting on a yoga ball, who are only going to bounce to sleep or who need to be so tightly swaddled to sleep or who will only sleep in a moving car. And my first recommendation is usually to take a look at the sensory system and to ch check in with a chiropractor. And that's a great place to start. So I want to I want to back up a little bit as well beyond kids. You mentioned the Webster technique. Like, can you speak to working with pregnant women and postpartum and the role of chiropractic care there? Sure, absolutely. Um, this, um, you know, it's definitely uh, it's where I started even before I started working with with kids. I, I checked into the Webster technique and um, was working with pregnant women as well um, in practice, anyways. And um, it's essentially just looking at the ligaments that support the uterus, support the pelvis. Um, there are so many changes that happening through pregnancy. Um, you know, you're literally um, you're releasing hormones that make you extra stretchy, and your pelvis is opening up. And um, not to mention all of the emotional things that make those things that much <laughs> more um, dramatic. But um, so we said, like I said, we uh, work from the start. Is it's never too early, it's never too late, is what I say. But um, you know, ideal situation is we work from the start with what's called the Webster technique. It's working with the round ligament, which is kind of like the pouch for your uterus, um, and with the sacrotuberous ligament, um, and that is just making sure that everything is properly aligned in the pelvis, so that baby has room to grow and be happy and healthy. Get all. The nutrients it needs and get everything from mom and so that hopefully we keep mom from having issues like lower back pain and you know sciaticas and things like that um and then we work with them up until like i said i've worked with moms during pregnancy um i'm sorry during birth uh, you know i can even adjust in labor um massage or touch all of those things help um and I also have um, participated in a doula course. So, um, you know, I've been at a birth doing that same sort of coaching. Um, and I, you know, for the background, because I like to, you know, work in that uh, environment. So, um, you know, I thought any education was helpful in, in how to coach a mom through that. and help her not only physically but emotionally support her uh, as well um, and now what we're actually finding is just as important as prenatal is is after she has the baby um, you know you could have shoulder surgery and your rehab is set out for you um, 
six months down the road, right? You're going to PT three times a week. Um, but uh, we have a baby, which is a pretty significant event in our life. And then they're like, see you in six weeks. <laughs> Good luck. Hair um, <laughs> schmear. Uh, <laughs> um, six weeks. And, and then we'll just let you go if everything's okay. Um, That's wild. But we're dealing with so many different things. Um, you know, changes in your pelvis. Again, there's still so many hormones. You're releasing relaxin for up to six months after you have the baby. So you're still extra stretchy. Um, and then not even to mention um, diastasis recti, um, which is a huge problem in core issues. And I'm actually revisiting that with a lot of my patients that are in their 40s now mm. um, that are having a lot of low back pain and and just revisiting a lot of basic core stuff to mm -hmm. try and reconnect those because like you've had babies, we've got major uh, core and, and pelvic core. We also work with a, a lot of, um, my husband does a lot of work with CrossFitters and athletes mm -hmm. and um, you know, so the, the joke is, is it's not okay to pee doing a box jump or a burpee, mm -hmm. um, even though there's so many moms that are 50 that are doing things like CrossFit or any sort of exercise or laughing or sneezing um, and it's not okay and it's not normal. <laughs> right. Um, well, it's common, but it's not it's normal. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's common, but again, it's not normal. Yeah. Um, something that you don't have to live with. Yeah. I think it's, that's a message that just needs to be spread. Cause I think that in general, we're like, eh, it's just what happens when you have a kid. Um, and yeah, my, Poor mother, I told her, I was like, I did this interview, you need to listen to this episode. You had five kids. There's no way <laughs> things yeah. are just like right back to where they could be. Um, yeah, some intention there. So um, can we speak to like the fears here? I think we've, we've highlighted a lot of the mechanics and what it is and kind of how to go about it. I understand people just being like, yeah, this is scary. Like, how do you approach that with folks who are like, I want to feel differently or this sounds good, but I'm still, I'm scared. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I totally understand um, what they're feeling and what they're going through. Um, definitely been there before. I have patients that have been coming, um, you know, for five or six years and they are still petrified. Um, but they know that they feel better after and they know um, that the improvements that have you know, uh, gone on since they started. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to let your, let your own body um, relax or let your own self go in someone else's hands. Um, never mind this tiny little human that you just spent so much you know, time and effort you know, uh, bringing into this world. Um, it's, it's scary and I totally understand that. Um, and that's why, um, we always do a consultation. We never do anything, um, you know, without any sort of, you know, okay from the parent or trying to make sure that the parent's fully educated in what we are going to do, um, what we find, you know, we obviously are going to look at the baby and say, this is the right place for you, this might not be the right place for you. Um, and that's what I do anyways, you know, I'm always like, you know what, I don't think that I can help what's going on. This is where we need to go. Or, you know, let's try this for a couple of weeks and, and see what improvements we can make. Um, and again, it's really about educating mom and dad um, or 
um, whoever caretaker might be, that, you know, this is what I think is happening. Um, and just show them that, you know, show them the signs of it, range of motion, um, you know, anything that we can, you know, make them feel more comfortable that, uh, that this might be what's going on and what may be leading to these delays or, you know, so locking or latching, whatever that may be. Um, and this is my course of action, how we are going to try to prove them. Uh, and, and go from there. And we always start off gentle. I, again, I never start off, even if it's a toddler and they walk in, I don't, even I usually use what's called an activator or um, my, my hands and be very, very gentle with them at first and see how they respond. Um, everyone's different. So, um, you know, while I can adjust a toddler, I may not ever. It's really just what's, what is more, most comfortable for the parents, essentially, and what they, um, you know, want me to do. And if they ever want me to do less, then I'll, I'll it's always up to them. But, awesome. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, you are, you're definitely making a difference, man. I would not be functioning as I am without ChiroCare. 16 year old Alyssa is very grateful for Brian going to chiropractic college. <laughs> So from here, do you have any places that are great resources for parents, places that they should reach out and connect to? Or if somebody's like, all right, cool, I'm down. How do I find a chiropractor, especially that works with kids? Where, where to yeah. next? The, I would say for, you know, global, the ICPA website is where you can find um, most pediatric chiropractors who, you know, have done extra studies in it. Um, we are all trained basically, um, uh, you know, like I said, how to adjust kids and what's going on and all of that, that good stuff. But uh, there are extra courses that you can go and uh, take after we've graduated that are more specific towards pediatric care or prenatal care or anything. So you can go to the ICPA website, um, uh, that's icpa4kids.com. And like I said, you can, I mean, there's research articles, there's so much stuff there. You can find chiropractors all over um, that are uh, certified to work with kids. Awesome. And where can people connect with you, Stacey? So um, my name is Stacey Dershaw, and we are in Fall River, Mass. Um, it's the name of our clinic is Fall Sports of Fall River. Um, you can connect with me through through you. Um, I'm part of your Voices of the Village group. So if you ever have any questions, um, you can reach out to me directly on Facebook or um, you know through our our Health Sports of Fall River Facebook page or through the uh, Voices of the Village Facebook page as well. Yeah, awesome. I will link to all of those things in the blog post here. And yeah, our Facebook group is uh, bumping with experts who are down to answer questions. So awesome. folks can join that. Yeah, trying to build this modern village where we really have access to experts in the field and not just folks in the trenches with us, which plays yeah. a role, but isn't the whole game. I so thanks, Stace. Thanks for being open to responding to those. Cool. Thank you so much. It's so nice to have this perspective and to hear about this from an expert. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I am honored and I appreciate, um, you know, just trying to spread the good word and, you know, trying to help one little, little tiny human at a time. That's right. One tiny human at a time. I love it. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thanks, Stace. 
Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.